This is Agents Influence Podcast. And as an owner, I feel you need to be a cleaner where you're always trying to get better. And one of the things I learned in sports, if I got my ass kicked in a badminton or a hockey, somebody scored on me, I'd always sit back and reflect, why are they better than me? What are they doing differently? And that's the skill I take today. If I look at somebody's website, lemonades kicking my ass because they've just launched in 46 states, I better go on their website and figure out what the heck they're doing and get below the surface because I need to bring that skills back to my agency. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hey, this is Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast, back with our last podcast of the month of the hashtag CEO month. And uh, wow, 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 wow. Great feedback I'm getting from a lot of you loyal listeners out there. Um, I got to say, it's been fun. And uh, I think we're going to end it on a bang today. We have uh, Jeff Roy from Excalibur Insurance on. And and before we get to him, I uh, just want to give a little shout out uh, just to let you know that uh, the podcast following this is probably going to be a two-part podcast where I'm going to wrap up and go through some of the highlights of the speakers that we've had on. And I'm pretty sure there'll be a couple I'll definitely pull out from the podcast we're going to do today. But the thing about it is, is I, I've got a new thought and theory. If, if, if Jeff and I kind of get in that uh, that realm and that sphere of that area. I might bring it out here, but I've got something that I really, really thought about after doing the podcast with uh, 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 Snajina Zakaria from the CEO of Insurefy. I, 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 I've got a different outlook on a couple things, especially with people like Insurify and how they can help me and you get the digital tools that the insurance companies uh, don't want to provide us. So I think you're really going to like that. And like I said, I've got a great recap. I've already started to put together my notes, and uh, it's probably going to be a long podcast, but it's just going to be me, and we're going to review it. But in the meantime, let's take out the last podcast of the year with a guest. We're going to end it in a bang. Mr. Jeff Roy, the CEO, the president, the man, the legend of Excalibur Insurance. Jeff, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Hey Jason, how are you doing, buddy? Great, to, great to be on this podcast. Uh, I've been listening to them for for a while now, and you're doing a bang on job, uh, sharing a lot of knowledge. So I just want to thank you for doing this, and thank all the excellent speakers this year. Keep up the great work. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks. And uh, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of people out there that uh, that are just like you, and that's what I wanted to do from the very get go. Was uh, take you know, uh, tell me your thoughts, tell me your ideas, and we're going to tell the world what you have to say. And that's why you're on here today, Jeff. Jeff, let's break right into it. Are you an iPhone or a Droid user? Uh, I'm an iPhone. iPhone. Totally an iPhone. And I, I couldn't live without my Mac stuff. And unfortunately, I have to use PC in the insurance world at my office. But uh, once I get out of the office, uh, I'm totally uh, completely Apple. So I love the iPhone. 
Fantastic. And as you know from listening to the podcast, that uh, it's about 80% of the responses that we get. Um, it is funny, though, how it does show, in my opinion, different personalities. Uh, I encourage you, loyal listeners, we may have talked about that about a year ago, but it's funny how the type of phone you use um, kind of integrates into maybe your job and the way you kind of sometimes look at the world um, and the different features of it. So it's very interesting, and that's why we always ask the question. But also we want to know, Mr. Roy, tell us the last maybe, uh, uh, app that you downloaded that you want the loyal listeners to know about business, personal, whatever it could be. Uh, I just downloaded a program called Front actually, and uh, my uh, the guy that the chat out with is actually going to show me more details at eleven thirty how it interacts. And Front will basically allow me to have the chatbot send me messages right on my cell phone and my desktop. And I believe I can also integrate my text messages, my phone calls, everything into the one app, my appointments. I might be able to create a dashboard, a virtual dashboard, so everything funnels into one thing. And uh, that kind of blows my mind. And then on top of that, I could actually set it up so my entire team could also be connected so I could actually push messages through the front app to something else. So I'm just doing an experiment, and you'll realize if J- Jason and I, Jason knows me quite well, I'm always experimenting, tinkering. It's like I've got an insurance garage, and uh, I'm always playing around with stuff because uh, I just don't know what that next breakthrough is going to be. But uh, that is the last app I, I downloaded. I know it's not sexy and fun. Uh, I do love my iTunes uh, radio so basically, I'm always downloading music off it. Uh, my friends joke that I'm a uh, I'm a closet DJ. So there you go. Uh, I've uh, t- closet DJ. I, I've definitely been called things very similar. And you guys are going to get to know that Jeff uh, Jeff and I are similar in the ways that we just express our thoughts. Uh, I think that me and a couple other agents that I know specifically out there are just like him. And Jeff, I, I am. I'm constantly tinkering. I love what Gary Vaynerchuk says. He says, try something. If it doesn't work, get rid of it and go on to the next thing. Uh, Seth Godin says it in the way of uh, just ship it, you know, just get it going, get it out there, let people know. Um, that's something that Joey's really shown me here at Grow is that I always wanted to have everything kind of complete before I released it. And like he would say, well, why would you complete everything and then release it and no one wants it? Just kind of throw some stuff out there, open it up before it's even complete. And not only do you help the listeners get the feedback and help the uh, not the listeners but the be the users of of whatever you're doing um, and, and you can get their feedback to build it out so that you make sure that it's successful rather than giving them what you think you want so I thought that was I, pretty interesting I agree 100% like I, it's all about a minimum I call it minimum viable product uh, basically you're never going to be perfect and I know historically in the past when I was younger I was always trying to make it perfect and before you know it one month went by four months went by and yep. sometimes by that point it became irrelevant so my philosophy is launch fail learn fix uh, you're never going to completely nail it the first time but basically everything you do you're learning from it and you're making it better and uh, if you have that attitude you can, you can ship a lot more things and uh, basically learn a lot more a lot more items and get better quicker and a lot of agents brokers and companies just really aren't launching very much stuff so they're not learning a lot right so that's launch fail learn fix am i right about that that's exactly. That's what I believe. That's one of my philosophies. And uh, as a CEO, I have to create a culture where it's okay to make a mistake. You know, failure is an event, not a person. 
And a lot of places, people are scared to make a mistake. They don't want to try this because something might go wrong. Well, you know, you're not going to get to the good point in your life and your career if you're not feeling pain. And uh, if you listen to professional hockey players, I just watched a thing on uh, Sue Ban who got traded down to Nashville, and he talks about you know being that constant level of pain and the discomfort, and that discomfort means you're growing. So if you're not feeling a little bit of pain and discomfort right now in the insurance business, uh, you're not growing enough. You're darn right about that. And really, that's anything in life. You've got to experience that pain, you know. Um, I, I've told my son about uh, from shooting uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of basketball shots. He says, man, sometimes, Dad, it's just I'm always in the gym. I said, hey, it's the pain of, of not being able to hang out with your friends all the time if that's what you want to do. And uh, ironically enough, now he's got scholarships for soccer and tennis and nothing to do with basketball. What did that have to do with this, Jeff? I don't know. Let's just back up. But, Jeff, let's go back to you. And the things that, uh, let's take us back to uh, college and high school um, and tell us how you got to where you are in the successful multi-location agency. And just as a little, 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 little piece here for the listeners, he is Canadian, as you can probably tell by his uh, uh, boat and, 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 you know, the long O's that he does. But it's people like Jeff that makes Agents Influence International like Jay-Z. Because, hey, baby, we're not in America anymore. Jeff, tell us, take us back to high school and college and bring us forward, buddy. All right, no problem. I like that Jay-Z. That's pretty good. I remember being associated with Jay-Z. It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, just to go out to, to, to rewind a bit, uh, I was uh, I, I played a lot of sports. So I, I was on every sports team. I was a captain of a number of teams. I played volleyball, soccer, hockey, and I will tell you, I'm a hockey goalie. So I get puck shot to my head. Uh, so some people may that may explain why I got in the insurance business. <laughs> I maybe got a straight puck that hit me in the head, but uh, basically all through high school. And then I realized that actually, my last year high school, I'm like, wow, I better get my marks up. Uh, I had a summer job working on my my uncle's farm, and I worked. 12, 14-hour days, picking stones, shoveling manure, throwing hay around, and I wasn't doing as well in school at that point, and I quickly realized my family didn't own any farms, and I wasn't going to inherit any farms. I better get my marks up, so I started cracking the books, got my marks up, and uh, at that point, back in, this is 1989, there were, the high school wasn't that great, and you really didn't have a, uh, the internet, there wasn't a lot of exposure to different careers, so I thought I was going to get into kinesiology, uh, become a chiropractor, that was my plan A, and uh, in insurance in life, you, you need to have a plan B, C, and D, because plan A may not work out, and uh, I got to university, spent two years there, and realized uh, you know, that uh, kinesiology wasn't really for me. And uh, what really happened during that period is my dad came to me in my first summer after I got done high school before I went to university, and he said, Jeff, I need your help. Uh, my agency is growing. And he had a two-person agency at that point, and uh, he had a lot of farm clients that did a lot of crop insurance at that time, but he wasn't computerized. So my dad had bought his, the first computer PC, and I can't tell you the make, uh, back in 1988, and I started using it. And basically, I got him automated on Word documents. I got him a rating software program back in 89. So I, got, I got, kind of got the office into the automation at that point, and I started learning the business at that time. And little did I know that you know, that exposure for three to four months in the summer would change my life at that point, and I started to like the business. Uh, so basically, at that point, I went to university for two years in kinesiology and science, and then after working co-op in my dad's business, an agency, realized that, you know, I like insurance and it could be a great career. So I did a pivot 
and I switched over to business school, and I went to Brock University, uh, which is a great business school in Canada. Uh, it had a lot of insurance courses connected, so I could actually knock off some other insurance degrees while getting my uh, university degree at the same time. So I spent three years there at Brock University learning the business world and also working in the insurance world. So that's kind of my, my educational background. When I got done school in 94, uh, I jumped into the agency, and we had still two employees, and we had four insurance companies or markets. So my first project at that point was how do I, as a small agent, get more capacity in markets? Because there's no way if I have three weapons, I can compete as well as those agencies or brokerages that have 12 weapons. So what I did is I actually did a bunch of research, and uh, I figured out there was a term at that point called cluster. And uh, nowadays, never use the word cluster, warning to all agencies. It's better to say group. But uh, we set up a cluster, and I actually found three agencies and basically did a bunch of research. We wrote up our own contract, and we were able to share markets, technology, and we came up with a common brand, which turned out to be the Excalibur Insurance Group. And, uh, you know, the story, I think maybe, I'm not sure if I told you this, Jason, but our, what we're going to do is name our, our cluster after everybody's last name, which, you know, I just didn't think it sounded right. And you'll realize a lot of times, I don't know the answers, but it just doesn't feel right in my gut. And that always tells me that I got to do, I got to go deeper into this. I got to figure out why I feel this way. And a lot of times by asking those tough questions, we get, I get to a better spot in life. So that's the thing I just want to share with all the agents. Never be satisfied. Never have a finish line. You always have to push yourself. And even back then, I was, I just didn't like the name. So funny enough, the day before our meeting where we're going to go ahead with the initials, the movie Excalibur came up at 11 o'clock at night and I was watching, I couldn't sleep. And uh, I was watching the whole concept of the Excalibur group, sitting around the round table, uh, being a noble knight, having honesty and integrity. And I thought, hmm, there's a lot of parallels between insurance and knighthood. Maybe we should call ourselves the Excalibur Insurance Group. So the next day I pitched the idea, and this is back in uh, 96, and lo and behold, we became the Excalibur Insurance Group at that point. Uh, I, won't, I don't want to take all the time telling my story, but over the next 15 to 20 years, we had some people in the group come and go, and I realized that some people don't think like you, and they don't want to move the same speed as you, and it's not because they're not a great person, it's because you have a different view of the world. So we had some partners exit Excalibur, we had some offices that I bought with other partners, and then over the course of the last number of years, I've added three other offices into the equation by either starting them from scratch, uh, so I, I did start one from scratch with no business in a small town, and I did purchase uh, two other agencies. So I've had some experience growing different ways and learning and scaling up. And, uh, you know, we have went from three employees back in uh, 1995, and we're currently at about 20 employees right now in four locations. So over that period of time, you know, I had different problems. We grew, you know, I learned a bunch of different things. And unfortunately, I'm not like the GROW program, uh, the Insurance Agents Association. That didn't exist back then. So I was kind of in, I, unfortunately, I was in a bit of a void. And I look back and go, wow, I wish I had a mentor. I wish I could learn stuff on the Internet. It really wasn't until the last four or five years that I really got connected with some great movers and shakers in the industry. And I got my level, my game to another level that I wouldn't have hit. So, uh, you know, basically that kind of brings us up to today, uh, you know, kind of where we're at as Excalibur. Uh, you know, Jason, I don't know if you want me to get into about how we rebranded and kind of the heavy stuff we did the last three years, or how would you like to go well, with the next Well, podcast? first of all, let me let me pull some jewels out of what you said. First of all, I've been noticing, and after the books I've been reading, is how competitive edge is important in sports, but how 
it's so important in business and how athletes um, are very, very successful in the insurance industry or actually any kind of really true sales mentality or even business like you yourself trying to grow your empire there at Excalibur Insurance. And it just is so fitting that you are very sports minded, but you are also the captain, which tells us that you are probably the most aggressive um, everybody or the more, uh, with the best leadership skills. And it comes with all those traits. And I have to say hiring... Um, I should say not hiring, partnering with Travis, my partner, he um, was a high intense uh, uh, athlete and it just it comes through with him because he's so competitive and it, it was funny yesterday he, he answered a call and he was taking in a claim and it was a key and locksmith that called in and I know this locksmith place and I went into his office Jeff and I said to him I said hey um, he was on hold with him I said hey I'll give you a hundred dollars right now if you can get that guy's information and quote his business so I'm sitting in my office and I'm listening and Travis is going on with this great conversation and him and this guy are just shooting the the stuff and yeah. uh, and and sure enough he turns it that way and the guy gives him all the information and he's quoting this darn thing up right now and that's just how Travis is you know he'll go do it on his own but if you throw something in front of him and say hey I bet you can't do this he's gonna do it and he's gonna do it until he gets it and uh, and that's the competitive that's awesome. edge in you let me turn one other thing that I wanted to pick out and I want to ask you this cluster why shouldn't agencies use that word what's the story behind that well, just a lot of, again, historically, uh, you know, I had a lot of battles. And again, I think one of the good things I learned, too, I'll share with you is not being a small agent teaches you how to negotiate and battle like you've never had to battle before. And I didn't realize I was running startups at different sizes along the way. And it's taught me how to negotiate with companies, how to think big and act big. And uh, basically, you know, you have to really go in there and work hard. And uh, clusters, a lot of people feel that there's not no commonality and that, you know, it's great when everything goes well. But as soon as your results turn bad, you know, there's any kind of strife, a lot of people will bail. And that's why, you know, it's really important that, you know, when you pick a cluster, a group, you treat it as like dating. You learn values. You make sure people are similar. You do your homework. You just don't jump into it. And uh, you don't you don't have the Tinder, the Tinder of insurance. You want those type of relationships, right? Uh, you want to make sure that you want the, the real deal and the long things uh, of long stability and you have connections that way. So that's why clusters, a lot of companies, they, they came and went. A lot of them were unsuccessful, but there's some groups that have been very successful. So that's why the term group seems to be better. It seems to communicate you're more together. It's more just a language thing. So uh, that's something that I just found out. And uh, just kind of quickly to add about your, your athlete thing, I Please. think it's important. A, a good book for everybody to read is Relentless from Tim Grover. Not sure if you read that, Jason, but it talk, he was the trainer from Michael Jordan, and he talks about how there's a certain cleaner mentality, and as an owner, you need to be, I feel you need to be a cleaner where you're always trying to get better. And one of the things I learned in sports, if I got my ass kicked in the badminton or hockey, somebody scored on me, I'd always sit back and reflect. Why are they better than me? What are they doing differently? And that's the skill I take today. If I look at somebody's website, you know, if Lemonade's kicking my ass because they've just launched in 46 states, I better go in their website and figure out what the heck they're doing and get below the surface because I need to bring that skills back to my agency. And that's, uh, that's where you have to have that, that fire in your belly. You have to be hungry and you can't mail it in. And, uh, you know, you look back and I'm not sure if you ever read the 50 uh, Laws of Power. Uh, there's a guy that wrote the 48 Laws of Power, but then he wrote a book with 50 Cent 
about the 50th law of power, and he talks about how a business person is like a drug pusher or dealer, about how you can't get soft or you're dead. And I think that's an excellent book that everybody should read too because there's a lot of agencies that are getting soft and they're ready to get picked off. And that's what keeps me awake at night and inspired. I got to be better every day. I got to bring my A game because if I'm running at a 10 or if I'm running at a 6 as an agency owner, my team's running at a 4. So I better work my ass off to get to number 10 and work the best I can. I don't think I'll ever hit a 10 uh, because if I do, I think I'm uh, basically naive and delusional. But if I can hit a 9, my team will hopefully run at an 8. Uh, as a leader, you've got to set the tone. Jack Welsh said that if you're the smartest man in the room, you're in the wrong room. Exactly. And I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, good thing is I'm in a lot of right rooms because I'm not the smartest guy, which is good, right? So. Absolutely. <laughs> and so many people think the other way. They, they, so, they so do. Um, I'm just uncomfortable whenever I'm uh, maybe with one of my friends and we get into a group or a circle or we're at a party where you just kind of realize like, Wow, I don't think these people are on the same level as me, and that, or not even level, like page, you know. And it's like, okay, I got to get somewhere else to where uh, I can get some information from that. So take. I think, best I, think I think a quick thing, Jason. Yeah. Uh, one of the things is uh, you become the six people you hang around with most. That's right. And choose your friend wisely, because I ran into that too. I hung out with people, and uh, basically, you know, you can't soar with the eagles if you're hanging out with you know the dead weights and the people that aren't doing anything, and you become like the people you're around. You know, how many people in university? Have that roommate that basically was going nowhere fast, playing video games all the time, and before you know it, your schedule is compromised because you start becoming like them, uh, you know, basically just by being around them, right? So as an agency, be very careful. Pick really people that are really pushing it, doing it, people that go, wow, I wish I could do that. And be, because be, you start hanging out with them and talking to them, you become that person. And, uh, that, you know, so I, I got to stress enough, choose your friends wisely. I can move to Canada, and if I live there for six months to a year, I'm going to start saying long O's. I think it's the same, it's, yeah, you, it's the same thing, you have, though. You have to say A. You have to say or A. Or A. But, but thing. to, to yeah. me, the A, I don't know. I don't notice that as much as I do when you say the word boat or I'm out and boat. about. Yeah. You know, you, the long O's. But, but seriously, yeah. what I'm saying, though, is is that if, if I hang around you long enough, my language even goes to your language. So it's the same way in every other aspect, emotional, uh, spiritual, or physical, or even mental aspect of of you kind of become that person. Uh, it, it takes a little bit longer through Darwinism, but you know you could even adapt to to look like other animals. I know. Okay, we're way outside the box here. So <laughs> so one of the things one of the things that you talked about um, that I you've got a lot of things and and I know a lot of the stuff you do. And seriously, this podcast could go on forever. Let's talk about your um, your recent success. Um, so everybody knows Jeff is one of the leading technology agents in North America, and he's certainly um, one of the uh, top 1% of technology gurus. You can just hear it in his voice and the things he's doing. But a, but recently there was a big tech um, uh, where you guys got together. Summarize for me what, hap- uh, what you guys were doing, Jeff, and how uh, the results that you and your team came out with. You mean the hackathon? The yes, hackathon? yes, 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 the hackathon. Yeah, actually, uh, what happened is, uh, I'll just start off, Viva Canada has done, and again, this, this is, in my opinion, ultra cool because I'm sitting around in it Canada is. and watching us losing, not attracting the best talent, not doing really cool, groovy stuff with technology, and uh, moving at a turtle's pace. You know, I'd rather us move in dog years, one year equals seven. That was the flip we need to do. And, and finally, Aviva, the second biggest insurance company in Canada, and a massive international insurance company, developed a digital garage, or you might call it garage. I'm not sure if I have my accent correctly there, Jason, but... Uh, <laughs> 
They did, they developed the garage, and uh, basically what they've done is they brought in some really high-tech people, like kind of people that work with Google. They created this inc- really cool space with open concepts. They got they got a picture of they have floppy disks. Uh, where they put a picture of Steve Jobs, uh, Lady Lovelace, some of the most famous tech people. So this place is like I call it a shrine, and I'm I'm now referring to it as my second home. I go in there and go, wow, this is such a cool place to work. This makes insurance cool, and maybe bring sex do insurance. So that's kind of the, the, the background of what Aviva did. And they ran a hackathon where all the employees submitted ideas and the top four ideas got to be developed and they spent 24 hours doing it. So it was such a success on the company side. They said, let's bring this over to the broker side. So back in August, I got an email saying, hey, we're going to run a hackathon. We're looking for ideas. So, you know, being a bit of a tech guy and uh, having a couple ideas and having a strong opinion, a vision of where things are going, I thought, hmm, this is exactly what, this is totally for me. So I came up with uh, two ideas and submitted them. And uh, one was for an artificial intelligent chatbot. And the concept behind that was I wanted to develop a chatbot at the company so it would actually take the place of an underwriter. So, and I, I took it a step further and said it'd be cool if the chatbot and through security could actually rank all your employees. So if you're doing a lot of business with the company, you're asking good questions, you're interacting, it would give you a score and then it would give you more favors, i.e. maybe binding certain things that you need permission on and uh, that kind of stuff. And the whole idea behind the chatbot is we wanted to make sure that uh, basically brokers and agents can find stuff. I know myself trying to find a phone number for a company that's got 3,000 employees can be daunting. Uh, you know, if I type it in the chatbot, it pops up immediately. Uh, trying to find a wording, having to go to the portal, go 50 layers deep trying to find that wording is a waste of time, drives me crazy. So let's try and find stuff easier. So that was idea number one to do that and then basically build it up so you can actually turn it right into an underwriter so we can cut costs and uh, insurance companies won't cut our commissions any further. That was I love that idea stuff. One. What, what yeah. a great yeah. idea. That, that was, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't realize you yeah. p- you positioned it from the standpoint of working with the company. That is that is awesome. Yeah. That was my job one again. And my second idea was a small business quote bind and issue. So basically right now in Canada, and I know in the U.S. you're so much further ahead in certain areas, we can't easily go into a website for a client and, and answer seven or eight questions, get a rate, bind it, and produce the policy on the spot. That is like utopia right now in Canada. And uh, if you look at what, uh, you know, Coverhound and Insurion and those guys are doing down in the U.S., that's happening, and it's going to start happening in Canada. So we got to get our game together, and uh, we need to rally the troops. So that was my idea is I wanted to make the commercial package, and you call them BOPs, or I'm not yeah. sure if I'm saying BOP properly. But, yeah, you're, uh, you're saying it right. Bob, Bob, till you drop, right? But uh, you, you call them Bob's down in the U.S. But uh, basically, I want to make that process really easy. And uh, because first of all, if it's easy for the broker or agent to do, then we can uh, basically service the client better, get more referrals. Uh, we'll get our uh, retention will be better. Uh, I'll save a lot of time because I'm not going to spend the time doing a quote. Like right now, to give you an idea, in my world, uh, we have a program called PolicyWorks. So we have to type in that information in PolicyWorks and send a PDF out to five or ten companies. You know, some companies that are really hungry and got their game together might get back to me in an hour. Other companies might be a week or two weeks. And uh, that's unacceptable. So we need to change that. It so is that's my idea was my idea. So is develop this idea where you can eight or nine questions. It does a quote, bind an issue, and we're done. 
that was phase one. Phase two is I wanted to make that customer facing where actually the customer, I can put on my website and the customer can go in there and quote it, bind an issue, and then we'll jump in and make sure they have the right coverage because, uh, you know, just because somebody can figure out how to do heart surgery on Google doesn't mean you should do it on yourself, right? That's where professional, <laughs> that's where the agent comes in to add value. So we're not completely dismissing ourselves out of the equation. But we're basically, if somebody wants to be in their pajamas at 11 o'clock at night, take a contractor's package out because they need a certificate the next day for the job site, we want to be able to get that all done so we come into work and the policy's bound and we're ready to rock. So that's kind of, you know, that's where things are going. Some people are doing that in the U.S. right now with quote buying an issue, but we don't really have that in Canada, so I needed to fast track that, and this hackathon was the opportunity to do it. So fast forward, we, our team got together. Uh, we met every day for three weeks, which was legal in the competition and we had a 15 20 minute meeting we actually I, I, I picked a hand-picked team where I brought a programmer in uh, like we had a team of five or six programmers from the insurance company brought the underwriting in uh, brought, I, I found another broker to bring in and then my marketing rep and a few business people from the company all got together and we figured out what you know we figured we started with the end in mind and we said here's what we want to build that's kick-ass and you know I was passionate I said I want to make a dent in the insurance universe with this product or I don't want to do it and it's got to be awesome and you know everybody in the team had that passion and they wanted to win so that was good we had a commonality you know we had that competitive spirit which we talked about earlier uh, in sports we brought that to the to the equation and then one of the things I did is I branded the team and it's important to have a name and use the brand so I came up with the, the term pirate gorilla hackers which kind of blew everybody away because they're like what the heck is this and uh, uh, basically, I said, well, I, well, Gorilla is 10 times stronger than any animal, so our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. So that, I, yeah, right off the bat, we start off the mindset that we're stronger, we're superior, and then the hacker or the pirate part came in from Steve Jobs, I'd rather be in a pirate than be in the Navy. And no disrespect to the military, we're big supporters of Excalibur of the military, that's not that, but the whole idea of being creative, being a little bit rogue, so we wanted to be stronger but a little bit rogue, and the insurance industry needs some people that are a little bit rogue if we're going to get to a happy spot. So. That's kind of the lead up to it. We met with Deloitte for a whole day about user interface, and I learned a lot about how to develop better user interface, how to think about the client first, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And we took that design, and we showed up at, uh, at the King Eddie Hotel in Toronto. Uh, and again, uh, for those, I, I talked to Jason about this earlier, but my plane broke down in San Diego, and I stayed up basically all night flying there, finding another ticket to get to the hackathon, but I showed up exactly on time and proceeded to stay up with my team for, uh, I got three hours sleep in about uh, basically two days, and we developed this proof of concept into a minimum viable product in 24 hours. And exactly 30 minutes before I had to present to a room of 120 people, uh, Shark Tank style, our software actually worked and I could actually produce a quote. And I, basically that's how close we were to doing it. So, so anyway, at the end of the day, we presented and uh, we actually won the hackathon, the first ever. And uh, basically out of 60 ideas across Canada, two of my ideas got developed into concepts. And I have good news. I was talking to the insurance company. My idea is actually being developed right now. They've got resources and they're going to start work on it in January. So kind of a cool story. Uh, it shows you that, you know, basically the insurance industry is thinking and acting differently. You know, one of the things I learned is if it doesn't matter, uh, you know, what, it's amazing what you can do when you don't care who gets the credit. And uh, we basically cut through politics. We were a team. We became a family. We put, you know, we played for the industry in the front of our shirt, not for our names in the back. It was an awesome moment, and that's what I take to whatever I do in Canada. 
you know, I take that attitude now to all my different projects is let's try and put the industry and the agency first. And if you help everybody through the law of reciprocity, you'll get it back in spades. So, so all the loyal listeners, just, just give it a second and just listen for it. Listen for it. Hashtag boom. Boom. That's what I'm talking about, Jeff. Way to just drop that. See, here's the great thing about this, Jeff, is that it, here we are talking to our companies for years. I mean, we're just asking for simple things. And you guys went into a room. You put the right people in the room doing the right things in the right seat. And you were able to say, look at what we can do in 24 hours. That's absolutely mind-blowing. I also want to say, Jeff, that I guarantee you, Google was probably lit up over the last five minutes with people searching, can you get heart surgery on, learned heart (laughs) surgery on Google? I thought that was interesting. I'm thinking to myself, my gosh, does someone really teach that on Google? But I bet you they do. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, And what a great idea with this message bot for the companies and it shows how your interactions are and the questions you're asking and and how responsive you're being and the amount of business you're writing um, and, and, and how you're doing the upfront underwriting and for it to score you like that. For all you insurance executives out there, and I know it's about 20% of you listening right now, I, I want you to take that idea and and a, have your territory reps ask the agents out there if they think that would be valuable. I bet if you're an agent that feels as if maybe you're a little bit old school and you need to catch up with someone like a Jeff Roy, that's still something that you could say, hey, I would love to have that feature. Um, and they need to bring it right into the management system. I, I really do believe that. So Jeff, you're kind of going down a road with a lot of this stuff that um uh and jeff if they want to go to your website and see your chat box well how to what's your uh website address yeah www.ei and the word group.ca uh, what i want to do jeff is i want to stop for a minute i want to get your 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 mindset set on uh, a couple of things um you know i did this this podcast with the ceo of insurefy and here's what I have to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize my thought because I'm going to go on and on about it in a couple of podcasts. I'd like to get your thoughts to help me formulate what that's going to be because it's one of those things like when I, about when I wanted to write my book, I, I knew the concept and the pillar of it, but I didn't know every, all the vines that were going to wrap around that pillar. And, yep. and, and this is what I, I, I want to go through to you. So we're bugging our companies to give us the tools today that are going to help us create the customer experience that the customer is demanding yesterday, today, and certainly tomorrow. We're asking our rating vendors to say, hey, these were great tools you gave us in 2006 and seven to get rates all across. Um, but, but, but to be honest with you, it's now 2016, almost 2017 here, and they're still the same tool. It's not helping us do it on some of the follow-up and, and some of the other things that we can do. And so I'm starting to wonder that um, really when you think about it, as far as a company their standpoint is is they have many area um, avenues to reach the consumer and and some of their avenues they've created I've griped about the fact that the consumer can go online and get a quote with X company but yet if I quote X company I have to ask 60 questions opposed online that customer only has to answer um, answer 10 questions and so when is that going to change and I think us agents are sitting around saying when is this going to change and I think maybe some companies are making that move but my point is this why don't we have an outside company 
Like, let's say in Insurify, I'm not pushing Insurify, it's just this is where my thought has come from, to somebody who's outside the industry that says, listen, we're going to give the relationship, the customer experience that the agency needs, but we're going to be able to produce that because the companies aren't. And in the meantime, we're going to go out and meet and negotiate with the companies to be able to bring their underwriting questions into our platform. Our platform is going to work with artificial intelligence and through the rate structures and the things that we know to bring that to where when that customer gets that quote, they can get that quote and boom, it can uh, immediately go to directly to the agent or the client right there can then bind online and here's the deal we could even have some deal to where that customer can still be serviced by an agent even after they bind online and it could go to where that person's zip code is or whatever my thought and my theory about this Jeff and here's where I'm I'm gonna ask you is this maybe something that we're missing that I think could be a very big instrument and instead of seeing these people as a disruptor we could actually say them and use the term of what Snagina used, which is an enabler. And I think that that maybe can be a huge difference into instead of Jeff and instead of Jason going out there and having to use and try all these different things so that we can create that, what if another platform does that? Here's my point of this. I think everybody is part of the segment. I think there's those millennials who are going to want to use Lemonade. I think that there's those who want to go direct. I think there's those who want to use an agent. I think we'll always be a piece of that pie because just like Progressive found out, they went out there and had massive growth um, in the first you know, five, 10 years of them being online. And their growth has substantially slowed because they're still realizing that there's that piece that they can't bite into of the agent. Jeff, what what's your thoughts on some type of platform helping us when the companies necessarily won't or don't really have a financial incentive to? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of approaching that a different. I totally agree with you. Uh, again, I think I'm going to bring up some points here. I want you to disagree you my, with give, me. Give you my stream of conscience of how I think it should go. That's what I want. Uh, first of all, first of all, we have to look at what business are we in. We're in the experience business. And as soon as agents start looking at the business that way, it changes your mindset. We're not just in the insurance business. If you are, you're going to lose. And you better you know, sell your agency tomorrow. Uh, basically, customer experience is, uh, just to kind of give you an idea, is the cumulative impact of touch points over time, which creates a real relationship or lack of it. So we have to define it. So that's what I said to define a customer experience at. So everything I do, it touches the client. It either gives me a, you know, it's like a heartbeat. It's either positive up or down or it flatlines and you're dead. And you have to look at different ways to touch that client. And you mentioned, hey, clients want to interact their way. So as a brokerage or agency, you have to provide choice. If they want a text message, great. If they want to do it in a mobile app, cool. If they want to call you, great. If they want to send you a fax, which we have two or three clients still using fax, believe it or not, they want to walk into your office, you have to provide that kind of choice. The problem we have right now is the tools we have suck. Uh, and pardon my French, they're complete Amen. shit. They're complete shit right now. And as an industry, we've let this happen. We've let our BMS, our AMSs underperform because and I, they put profit ahead of our innovation and keeping us current. Unfortunately, they run a business that's great. But if you look at all the AMS and BMS vendors, how they innovate historically, they I call it the mediocre many. And they have user groups and websites where all the people that you know basically use the software are trying to improve it. And I give the analogy, you know, back when Henry Ford came out with the car, everybody wanted a faster horse back then they didn't know about a car well what's happening is all these 
people are giving these people feedback saying, well, we just want to make this a little bit better. We want to add this question in here. And they're not looking at it correctly. They need a new set of eyes. They need people like myself and other great innovative agents in both sides of the border to challenge them and figure out where the heck they're going. Steve Jobs says you can't ask the client what they want because they don't know what they want. You have to figure that out. And uh, right. I'll give you another Canadian analogy. You have to skate where the puck's going. So that's the problem. Our system is designed, and we're exactly where we deserve to be as an industry because too many mediocre agents have been mailing it in. They haven't challenged their BMS vendors, and uh, they haven't demanded something better, and they haven't connected the dots. And I call it connecting the dots. You have to look at your whole customer experience holistically of how everything connects in your agency. And uh, one of the problems I have right now is my own staff – can't do a change uh, real time with a client on our own BMS system. They got to do the change. They got to go to a portal. They got to, uh, you know, basically throw five darts and hold their tongue a certain way to make sure the portal works. And they have to learn 15 different portals because we have no consistency. That alone is costing my agency 10% of my profits. And that money doesn't go back into SEO and marketing. That gets blown out the door. And the companies have got a savings on their product, but they've dumped all the stuff on me with a really bad process. So. Uh, this has yep. got me fired up. I set up an organization in Canada called Orbit Canada, and it's the organization of real-time brokers implementing technology. And we've been trying to battle the industry since 2009 to get rid of portals. And uh, again, next year we're finally going to have a chance with the Guidewire project, and I'm going to be part of that, is uh, Guidewire has got 17 companies on the same system. So we're going to figure out what is the user interface with those 17 companies. How can a broker do the change once, once and done, not multiple companies, multiple times and get it done on the spot and get the real-time transaction we're going to build it correct and we have a chance to do that and i call this the manhattan project because we got to build a better bomb and that's the bomb of our industry and we got a limited time because if we don't we're going to lose the war with these fintech and insure tech companies that's how we have to look at it and we have to do this in 12 months we can't wait four years i'm hearing my insurance companies well i'm going to put guidewire in the next four years well that's great but you're not going to be in business you're going to become irrelevant because the guy the companies that get it and put a guidewire in the next 12 months and actually allow me to do real-time transactions once and done and do that, those are, they're, they're going to get my business. So everybody else is basically, you know, they're not going to get the business. And brokers are very simple creatures. We take the path of least resistance. So if, if you have a good price and you're really easy to deal with, guess where the business is going to go? I don't care if your marketing rep comes out and takes me golfing and buys me lunch and interrupts my time. That doesn't matter. It's where I can get business done quickly and easily in modern-day times. So that's a shift that's going on, and that's what needs to get done. Secondly, on top of that, once we get the technology where I can do a real-time change in my own agency, guess what you do, Jason? You map it out to the client and offer the self-serve option. And there's a lot of people and agents and brokers with head trash. I don't want my clients to do that. I have to do it myself. You know, I, I, throw, I push back and say, bullshit, you've got to give choice. You have to offer that option to your client because if you look at the IBM study, there's six different uh, types of clients, and really right now, 50% of the clients will deal with brokers or agents. 50% don't want to deal with us because we don't offer those real-time service. So unless you offer real-time where they can go do the self-service stuff themselves, there's 50% of the market that you have no chance of getting. Now, the agents that don't want to play that game, cool. If you've got a really good niche and you have a big enough business and you're making enough money on that portion that doesn't want the self-service, that's awesome. But uh, once the innovation curve hits that, more and more of those people are going to demand that. You know, not everybody used a bank machine when they came out. Now everybody pretty much uses a bank machine. You know, it's going to change over time. So 
No one used EFT four or five years ago. Now, if you don't offer it, it's amazing. But here's the thing, Jeff, 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 Jeff. Here's the thing, dude. I mean, there's Rocky music playing in the background for a reason. And the reason is, is because there's people sitting right now in traffic in downtown, wherever they are. They're wanting to get out of their car, stand on the concrete medium and just put their hands in the air and throw it together. There's runners right now that their heart rate is going up and swimmers who are swimming, listening to this, who have holding their breath longer because you got me hyped up i'm telling you and and that answer right there is you got real and that right there it it just it really did and i know you're a loyal listener you're out there thinking man this jeff guy is straight working me over hence the reason for the rocky music and so i i i want to i just want to keep it there jeff i don't want to go any more on that because that was really good stuff and i want the listeners to to really listen to that i want to i want to change direction if you don't mind and i want to sure. i want to bring in one more thing with you because if you guys are like wow this jeff roy guy a picture picture about 50 of us not exactly all like Jeff Roy, but picture 50 of us sitting in a room like dueling this stuff out. This is what we do at Grow Lab, and this is actually going to be kind of what we do at Grow Lab, but we got some other stuff planned for 2017 Grow Lab. This is going to be exciting, but let's go to something we discussed at Grow Lab, and this is something you and I didn't discuss before this, but I want to talk a little bit about acquisition costs. That's something that no one talks about. And as an agency owner, this is for you. As an agent that's working in your office that thinks that your owner is running out the back door with all the money and he's not giving it to you, I want you, let's kind of talk about some of this stuff, Jeff, because... You've, you've really been looking at this and, and, and looking at your online leads versus your organic leads versus the ones your producers are bringing in. And you've really broke down this cost, I think, in different ways. So I'm not expecting you to give exact cost because I just kind of threw this on you, but that's why the listeners love this podcast. But I, I, I want you just to discuss, I mean, what are some of the acquisition costs? What are some things out there you're seeing that are kind of blowing your mind or, or, or after you're seeing the data, you're saying to yourself, wow, I didn't think this. Can you... Can Give us some insight. Yeah. Let's start this. Yeah, and we could do a whole webinar on this. I guess I'm just—it's really, in a sense, if you want to send, it's really the term "big data," right? Like I'm just learning this stuff, and again, unfortunately, none of my vendors really have the answer. And again, I'm trying to figure it out myself, and I'm doing a deeper dive. I'm reading a bunch of stuff, and again, I'm piecing this together, uh, and I'm pushing my vendors right now. I'm in a lot of pain right now, trying to figure this acquisition cost thing out. But I think I'm further than a lot of people, you and are. I'm happy to share. Uh, what I've done is I, I did give everybody an idea. We we've been really working on a personal lines and we're handling anywhere from about 350 to 500 quotes per month and I've got different systems bringing those quotes into my uh, into my world like Facebook pay-per-click display ads uh, you know, I've got multiple seven or eight different funnels that are bringing stuff in. So I can actually uh, purchase some leads. I can actually look at my dashboard and I can see that, hey, I quoted 200 people. Uh, here's how much premium we've quoted. And here's what our close ratio is. So I can actually tell what's working, what isn't. And then I can funnel that information each month back into my equation. Hey, am I spending, am I getting my return on investment on, if I put a dollar into here, how much am I getting back? You know, and in a lot of cases, I think people need to be upfront. It's not cheap to grow growth. And, and again, it's very hard to grow and make money the first year using digital marketing stuff. It is a longer play. So what I've done is I figured out what my acquisition costs are. And what I'll do is I'll kind of run through pay-per-click, for instance. You know, I'm probably paying about, you know, 8 to $10 per click 
and in my world, uh, it takes me three clicks to get a quote. So what happens is an ad or they Google my name, they click on it. We've got landing pages set up where we hook them, and then one of every three people goes into my rating engine. Uh, I've got Applied Systems Web, web uh, Enterprise Web Rater, and they get a real-time quote. And then once a quote is done, that automatically gets routed through my software called Velocify, and that gets distributed to my salespeople. And my salespeople need to respond within five to ten minutes. Otherwise, it turns into a cold call, and that's a separate conversation altogether. Right. But once that goes in there, basically, you know, we have to try and make magic happen. But that tells you right there, if I takes $10 per click and I take three clicks to get a quote, it's $30 to get the lead. But that's not the real true cost of it. Then I've got overhead costs on top of that. You know, my web rater, you know, probably I pay $1,000 a month for my web rater, so I'm probably anywhere from five to ten dollars for every click and fixed cost to produce that thing so I add that in and I'm up to forty dollars a lead at that point then you start adding fixed costs you have your salesperson sitting in the seat you've got E&O expenses you've got licensing for Velocify applied systems you add it up and I'm figuring it could be as much as fifteen hundred dollars per salesperson and you figure out how many quotes they do and I figure out a fixed cost on top of that so I could be an extra you know fifty dollars on top of that so basically my cost right there is a hundred dollars uh, you know, for the client uh, to act with acquire somebody, then I have to pay commission. So what I do is I break all this down, and for each marketing plan, I've got a spreadsheet where I can figure out what it costs me to acquire that client. So some people it's $300, some people it's $500, and people are going, wow, that's a lot of money. I can't believe it's that high. But then the people are bringing three to $400 in commission in. So if you look at it, I can actually figure out for every dollar I invest, I might get 50 cents back. Let's use that example. And people go, why the heck would you do that? Well, and, what the, I, I, and we have a beautiful thing, Jason, called renewals in our business. If our retention is 80, 90 percent, and that stuff renews the next year, you know, then that's when the real money gets made in year two and three. And I've actually figured out what my payback period is for each of my marketing plans, roughly, and it, it fluctuates month to month. But I know if I put a dollar in, what I'm going to get back. And uh, that information allows us to feed the beast and figure out where we should be changing our money, when we should be having our leads show up. You know, there's a lot of different things in terms of big data and analysts that you have to do to play around with to get that equation. And you go back to the grow lab, you got to put the right chemicals, the right things in there to get that chemical reaction. Uh, that's, that's where it's key. So I've got that figured out somewhat. It's not perfect, but we've now pushed back to our vendor and we have to pay $3,500 and we're trying to build that into a report so I can actually generate my acquisition costs on each line of business without me manually doing that. I probably spend about an hour to two hours taking my Velocify reports and my applied systems reports, overlaying them and plugging the information in to get this, but it's very powerful information because I know if something's cost me $1,000 to acquire and I'm bringing in $300 in commission, I'm looking at 3.5 times to pay that back. And, uh, you know, in Canada, if you buy a brokerage or an agency, you're paying 3.5 to 4 times commissions. Uh, that's what the multiples are going for. So I'm almost better to buy something and pay it off over 10 years versus producing it organically. The good news is we're usually around 1.5 to 2 times max. Uh, we're probably sometimes down to 1, depending on marketing plan, uh, in terms of our payback period. So agents, if you're not looking after your acquisition costs and tracking this, uh, you're not doing yourself a, you're doing yourself a disservice. This needs to be on your desk dashboard you need to set this up so jason i don't know if that was a there's a lot to absorb there and again it's like trying to tell a math equation <laughs> for your, like your math no. teacher doing a podcast so it's uh no you know, actually I try to work through the paper click so kind of wanted to kind of give some simple math but you know we, i've kind of built my own spreadsheet to do this and again is it perfect no it's version 1.1 but i launched it i'm trying to answer those questions i'm using the tools available and i'm doing whatever you know what my athletics tell me push back there's got to be somebody that's better i'm searching around for other agents 
clients that are doing this. And you mentioned, hey, if there's 50 of us in a room doing this, imagine what we could do. And that's where we need more of us doing this. Do, and again, I've heard some people on your podcast that are doing some really cool stuff that, you know, they totally have the same mindset I do. So, you know, I'm 46 years old, but I don't think like a 46-year-old CEO. I got to think nimble and, you know, I got to think younger and I got to adapt, right? So... Yeah, you do. And thank you very much for you did summarize that very well, because that's exactly what I wanted you to put out there was I don't think we're really paying attention to this acquisition cost. And I think some people are listening right now, Jeff, and the loyal listeners you are, and you're sending to you saying to yourself, man, this guy is ahead of the curve. This guy has got it. Folks, he doesn't. He's got it because he's just understanding and he's looking at things and he's looking at, number one, what the customer is demanding, but he's learning that by the data he's requiring. He's finding out how much it costs to run his agency and to get a to get a lead because he's looking at the data and he's compiling the data, whether it's coming in by himself, by himself, uh, you know, looking at it and, and diagnosing it and pulling and extracting that data or the data coming in through different programs that he's using and he's investing in those programs and he's spending money. And I think that someone could say, well, yeah, you know what, but I only got five or 10 years left and I think I can just ride this out. I think there's a lot of America that that's just not true. I think that there's like rural America, which to be honest with you, I think we're going to have a little bit longer lifespan than some of those in a populated area. But I think that you're fooling yourself if you think that you're going to be able to learn this stuff over the next five to 10 years. I think you're going to yeah. need to learn it over the next one, three to five years to be Jason, able to the, compete. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Jason, the tsunami's, the tsunami's coming and it's going to wash away all the inferior people out there. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen tomorrow. And again, yeah, you can think I'm, I'm, I'm in Clinton, Ontario, a town of 3,200 people, but I'm writing clients four hours away in the city. It doesn't matter where you live, how you think. But you have to, I call it, get to higher ground. And get to higher ground to avoid the tsunami is, you know, learning, working on your agency, learning more, reading, taking courses, joining mastermind groups. You know, you, you know I'm in your mastermind group, and there's not many people, you know, older than me in the mastermind group, or maybe there is, but I'm part of your, because I'm learning from all you young guys what you're yeah. doing, and I love it. I think it's great. And uh, you have a lot, you guys are teaching me, and I'm, I'm watching. I'm in the Insurance Agents Alliance Association. A lot of good stuff there. You know, I'm in multiple different groups. I'm in Mike Stromso's group. I, I joined it after attending his webinar. Like we, everybody goes, wow, you're in a lot of stuff. How do you do it? I have to do it because I don't know where that next great idea is going to come from. And if I'm not there and if I'm not being somewhere doing something, you know, I'm losing. And, uh, you know, I might miss an idea that could change my teams, you know, that could be the difference maker for our long-term survival. So that's what drives me. That's why I'm passionate. You know, that's why, you know, there's no finish line for me and there never will be. If there is, I'm going to pack it in and somebody can buy my agency if I don't come in with a a passion and and come in and try and learn these things and get better you know I've got a lot of learning things for 2017 and we got some aggressive growth goals right now of what we're trying to do next year and uh, you know I'm trying to figure out you know what our growth is and then how much I need to sell and then how do I generate those leads and then how do we improve retention those are all things that are part of the customer experience that as a CEO you have to look at and uh, probably the biggest thing I need to do is build light a fire inside my people not under them and that's leadership and I need to build more capacity in people to solve problems, get them better training. I realize this year I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot myself, but I'm not helping people as much as I need to help them. And uh, Una, my wife, and, and, my, and my team, we're trying to help our team get better because, you know, the, I look at it, insurance experience 3.0 is people times process times technology times your brand and uh, then times the solution. That's insurance experience 3.0. Say, say it again. Say it again. Yeah. So I, I look at people times your process times your technology, times your solutions, 
times your brand is equal to insurance experience 3.0. That's my formula. And I changed it because a lot of people will say, well, shouldn't it be plus? Are you adding those together? Well, if you get a zero in any of those, kind of, and going back to math, uh, grade nine math, you get a zero in any one of those equations, you're done, right? So you need to be good in all those areas. And as a CEO, I've got to get my people better. I've got to improve my processes. And I, you know, I have to do that. And there's a whole bunch of things in those categories. My branding and marketing, I need to improve that on an ongoing basis. My technology, I need to keep improving that. And then my solutions, which my companies come up with, but maybe I'll come up with some of my own solutions in the future that I can add on that are nothing to do with insurance to drive extra revenue that locks clients in. So basically, I create a different experience. You know, I'm, I, that's one thing I'm looking for. If any agent has any ideas, I'd love to look at them because it'd be nice if Excalibur had something that nobody else does. That that way, I'm not just competing on price. I'm adding value. So that's what I look at the experience 3.0. And there's a lot of subcategories in each one, and I'm trying to build that equation uh, of what each category is. That's kind of what my mission is in 2017. I've identified these things. There's a lot of things I'm doing in each of those uh, columns, but you know I haven't got those completely nailed down. But I think as a CEO or a small, even a small agency owner, how are you doing in all those areas? You know, how would you grade yourself? And uh, you know, one of the things I know for us, we need to do more blogs, more video. We, we, we're losing in that area. And my social media team and I are meeting next week. I've got two part-time people. And if you look at our social media, I think we do a good job. But I'm doing it with part-time people, and I'm just I'm, I, I don't have enough resources. So I got to figure out how do I do that better, right? So right. So those are some things well, that you know that I have to try and figure out, right? So, but anyway, yeah, that's my I mean, insurance plan 3.0. You can agree and disagree, but that's kind of how I see it. So. Well, here's the deal, man. I'm running out of room on my uh, on my notepad that I have going on over here because uh, um, you've really talked about heart surgery on Google. You've talked. You've even mentioned <laughs> the word in the phrase "bringing sexy back" in the in when we're talking about insurance, which I think is uh, unbelievable. I also love the fact when you said we got to change the pace and we need to start living in dog years. I thought that that was really awesome. Um, but here's the deal. Let's wrap it up. Leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And I have to say, because you and I talk about this a lot, because we're both heavy readers, um, we actually probably read, I would be willing to bet, Jeff, that you and I probably read more books than probably 95% of people out there. By the way, Jeff, you got to check out this one. I got it off uh, Snajina. It's called uh, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. I just started it. And um, wow, it's mind blowing. It really, really is. Emotional Intelligence 2.0. But here's the thing, Jeff, give us a couple that you've read recently, which probably means in the last like week or two. Um, could you give us some that you've read uh, that you think that would be good for the listeners out there? Uh, I would say one thing I'm reading right now, I'm not finished, but it's called Jack Daly, The Sales Playbook. And uh, basically, Jack Daly is an amazing man. Uh, he's in his 60s, and uh, he's run a marathon, I think, in every single state in the U.S., and a whole bunch of different countries. Uh, he's, he competed in the Ironman competition. Uh, the Ultimate Triathletes, when he was 58 or 59, completed it. Uh, this guy's a machine. And uh, if you go to his website, he actually has, and it's a good thing, he's got, he actually has a plan of his entire year, and he shares it with all the people he speaks to and his family. And one of the things he measures is how many times he sleeps in his own bed a year. That's one of his measurables. But he's got a book called uh, the, the, the Sales Playbook. And one of the things, and he's got another book called Hyper Sales Growth. Uh, two excellent books. 
And again, he's not in the insurance business. He's in the sales business, but his sales books are phenomenal. So I would recommend both of those books if your sales organization needs to get better. Uh, I'm currently I'm reading the uh, sales playbook right now. I got it from my uh, sales manager uh, because I'm trying to grow him, uh, and Paul is doing a great job, but he's got that book, and I'm trying to impart that on him. I'm reading uh, another book. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, uh, but I've got a couple books. I'm just kind of reading on customer experience. I Sorry, I didn't have my list of them right now, but uh, I've actually, the last week or so I've been working, I'm reading more some stuff online, blogs and things like that. I kind of go, I have different things that pop up in my feeds, uh, either on Twitter or LinkedIn, and I try it first thing in the morning to read for half an hour uh, of what's going on and follow a bunch of different people. I know your podcasts pop up in my feed, so I'll try and block them into to that, and I find them excellent. Uh, so anyway, so I, I would definitely recommend those books, uh, The Hyper Sales Growth and The Sales Playbook. Uh, awesome books and uh, basically uh, from Jack Daly. So, Jack, uh, you know, so here's the deal, Jeff. This has been way more practical, way more insightful than I even thought. Here's what we're going to do, uh, first of all, listeners. Uh, Jeff, I want to give you uh, a minute or so. We have been almost on an hour, which don't not worry about that, but I want to give you a minute or two to wrap this up. But before I do, here's what I'm going to do because I know Jeff will do this. Jeff, we're, I'm going to bring you on about four to six times in 2016. And when we do that, let, you know, we have so much stuff when we can actually break down acquisition costs more. I know you ha- you could talk about your branding and you would blow people's minds for over three hours on that. Um, and we also want to talk about some of the other things that I know personally you're doing behind the scenes as far as getting out there and helping agents and, and, and speaking and doing the things that you are. I know there's a lot, especially with your charities you're doing, all the wild and crazy things you do to give away money and just, you know, show the Excalibur brand of, of honor and commitment. And, and I'm going to bring you on and I, uh, will you do that for us this, this coming? Hey, no problem guys. You know what? I'd love to help, but I enjoy Jason. You guys are great. I had a blast down at the grow lab in Chicago. And, uh, again, if I can help anybody here, by all means, I'm, you know, I, I, I love this industry. I'm passionate about it. And, uh, I believe in giving back and helping people out. I said, I wish I had a little more help when I was younger. And, uh, you know, I coach young goalies right now. And the same thing, I didn't have a goal coach when I was starting and I there was about three books I could buy and I read all three of them and uh, Ken Dryden's book uh, Tretiak and Grant Fuhrer there really wasn't any books for me to read so I was kind of in a vacuum and I, and I realized a lot of people are looking for help and stuff like that and again I'm not a professional consultant I don't have a business doing it but if I can help people out Jason I'm happy to jump on if uh, I'm giving the listeners value so fantastic very, very fantastic well hey Jeff, we're very honored to have you. We greatly appreciate it um, in all you do. And uh, this has been Agents Influence Podcast. Uh, tell me your thoughts, tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. We are out. Hey, before you go real quick, let me let me tell you something I want different for you. You guys know this. I talk about it a lot. But here's the thing. Grow Mastermind. Now, don't, no, don't stop now because I've got something different for you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to email me at jason at growprogram.com. Jason at growprogram.com. And tell me, Jason, I want in the Mastermind for free. I'm going to give you a free 30 days into the Mastermind. That's going to give you 30 days inside the closed Facebook group. You're going to learn so much just from that right there. You're also going to uh, get to be access the two live meetings that we have on the second and on the fourth Thursday of every month. 
And I'm also, you're also gonna get access to Grow Academy as well. Um, and that's just part of the $99. Keep in mind, if you wanted to get Grow Academy by itself, I think it's $29 or $39. So please, Jason at growprogram.com. Hit me up, say, Jason, I want the mastermind for free, and I'm gonna get Anna or Joey to let you in for free. It's gonna be a great decision, I promise you. Thanks, see ya.